All right, you're good to go? I'm good. Excellent. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Talk to Danielle podcast. I am your host, Danielle C. Baker. And today we are going to be talking about being less than unstoppable. I have an amazing guest coming on today, and uh, I'm just really excited to have Dana on because this, this whole point of this podcast and, and what I do now is to give people a voice, give them the words that they need to be able to speak up and speak out. And this is why I'm excited to have Dane on because this is exactly what we're going to be talking about. And uh, so I'll do a quick introduction and this, we have Dane Backman on with me today. Thank you so much, Dane, for joining me. And can you just tell us a little bit about your, your story to, to explain uh, your story? Sure. And I'll try and keep it brief. Um, so I was assigned female at birth and my childhood was very chaotic. Um, I never felt like I fit in anywhere. Um, I went to a Catholic grammar school and had to attend church every Sunday. Um, I wanted so badly to be an altar boy. I mean, I had to be in church, so why couldn't I be an altar boy? However, you know, back in the 70s, um, that was frowned upon. You know, it was just boys that could be altar boys. Um, so I was pretty mad at God at that time that I couldn't do that. Uh, fast forward to high school. Again, you know, I struggled to fit in there, too. Um and because it was so uncomfortable for me, I turned to alcohol and some drugs, and I was able to get through my days by doing that. Um, you know, it gave me a sense of calm when inside me was so filled with anxiety, um, and I had no person to turn to at that time to give me that, that sense of calm. Um, at that time also, I realized the only thing that fit for me was I must be gay. That was the only thing that was remotely close to how I was feeling. Uh, so I lived that way for many years. Um, I think I, you know, went, I got kicked out of my house at 18 because I came out as uh, being gay and my mother, you know, didn't like that, uh, kicked me out and, you know, I, I stumbled uh, again, you know, not knowing who I was, where I was going. Um, I was angry. I was depressed, anxious. Uh, still alcohol and some drugs were in my life. Fast forward a little bit more. Um, I got into therapy as an adult and come to find out the therapist that I found was a gender therapist. I had no clue at the beginning when I picked her. And... <laughs> we started talking about gender identity and I don't even know how all this evolved, but it just happened in our conversations. And I felt heard for the first time. 
at this time, I also came across Chaz Bono's book. And that was my aha moment. Everything that Chaz Bono had in his book about transition um, and how he felt leading up to it, and even some of the procedures that he had, it was me. Like I was reading my story and for the first time I felt not alone. Um, so in all this mix, um, I did uh, give in to family pressure and I did marry a man. Uh, you know, I was told that's the only way that you're going to be successful in life is to have a man. Um, and I fought it for so long. And then I just gave in and immediately, probably hours after I said, I do the anger reared its ugly head. Anxiety came back stronger than ever. I was so depressed. Um, I stayed married for quite a while. And I think the only way I was able to stay married was because he was in the service and he was overseas a lot. Um, so we were together uh, like six or seven years. And I knew I couldn't go on any longer living this life. Uh, it was either do something or probably end my life because, you know, that feeling came back from when I was in high school. I didn't want to live. And, but something kept me from committing suicide. I don't know what it was, but I'm grateful uh, that I didn't. But those feelings came back uh, when I was married and I knew that I had to make a change. So I got divorced. I ended up shortly after that, I met my soulmate and um, we've been together. It'll be 11 years married this November um, and we dated for two years before that, you know, I felt at that time I could be my true self with my partner. And I remember one day I just said, I want to go shopping. And they were like, sure, let's go. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I want to go shopping, but in the men's department. And they were like, cool, let's go. And I was floored. I was like, so do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, you know, and they were like, yeah, I do. Um, I was like, okay, well, and then I said the words. I said, I am transgender. I'm a transgender male. And they said, why, why do we need labels? <laughs> um, you know, society teaches us that we have to label everything. And they were like, I love you for your heart and soul and who you are as a person, not a label. Um, and if that didn't solidify, I was with my soulmate. It did at that moment. <laughs> That's um, exactly what I was going to say. That's when you know you're with the right person is when absolutely. it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. And, um, <laughs> I was able to start my medical and social transition in June of 2017. 
And here I am today talking to you. <laughs> and I appreciate it. So, such an amazing story. And you said some very, uh, some very important things there where you were saying you, for the first time with your therapist, so you felt heard. And I think that's one of the things that is the most important. Uh, there's something that what really touched me in your book. There's many things that touched me, but one of them is when you say, um, that you didn't have a name for what you were feeling and you had no one to turn to. That is one of the heaviest things that you carry at anybody. And I worked in, in schools for so long. You see those children, you know, children that are struggling, that they don't have the words and, and your story is allowed to put those words out there for, for people to find their voice and speak up and uh, be able to become who they truly are. And I, I just love that you share that. And that was kind of leads me to the next question because when you just, decide that you're going to do that change you're going to you know transition into who you truly are it doesn't you just you don't just wake up one morning and say okay I'm doing it you know there's a build-up like your story just said there's a lot of internal struggle there uh, that people don't they don't see it a lot of people will just say oh you just wake up and and have the surgeries it doesn't it doesn't work that way Uh, what, what would you say would be the toughest thing you had to overcome to say okay I am I am doing this and I am I'm becoming who I, I really am and who I feel, how it feels right for me. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing, well, there's three things. One was being rejected by others, <laughs> fear of the unknown, and society played many tapes in my head. Um so those three things were the biggest for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I would definitely, that's, that's a big chunk of it because society has a big role in it. And uh, so I remember you mentioned um, Chas Bono, when he came out with his book, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of opinions out there. So, and he was really one of the first ones to speak out. So that I from my generation anyway. And so seeing what's happening to this person who's finally speaking up, it it kind of makes you think, do I really want to be going through this? And uh, so it's, it's great that you had somebody who, you know, your soulmate who could say, okay, they were, they were there for you and ready to, to support you. And that's amazing. Now you are a therapist yourself you did become a therapist how would you say that that transformation has changed you to show up as a mental health therapist you know I since I transitioned I'm at home in my body now (laughs) and my inside is congruent with the outside so when I work with the trans community they, they could feel, and they know that I totally understand where they're at, what they went through, uh, because I was there myself. And they see that confident man sitting in front of them, you know, feeling comfortable within themselves. And that gives them hope. Yeah. It makes a difference, like you said earlier, being heard and there's that sense of feeling lighter. You know, you don't have that burden on you. So it really does. Um, 
I guess as a side note, it's more out of my, for my own curiosity is uh, you already had your practice when you transitioned. Am I correct? Correct. Yes. So how was your environment, your colleagues, your, your current clients, how are they uh, with, with the whole tra- transformation? Uh, so <laughs> I, um, at the time that I was starting to transition, I went into my own private practice and I didn't plan that that way. It just so happened to be at the same time. And I thought to myself, well, I don't have to worry about my boss uh, giving me a hard time and firing me because I'm trans. I'm not going to fire me, you know? Um, (laughs) So it worked out very well for me in that way. I, I think I um, I dodged a lot of balls that way. Um, and then the other part of that is, okay, now my clientele that I had at that time, right? They know me, they knew me as a female and they knew that I was... Um, in a gay relationship. So I honestly, I don't believe that I lost any of my clientele. I actually still have at least three people from back then um, that have seen me through start to where I am today. Um, And then, you know, the other ones, they just, you know, uh, they were, at the end of what they wanted to work on. So then they moved on. Um, but I did not um, get judged from my clients. Um, so it was a good, it was a good thing for me to go into my own private practice and be who I was authentically and just become the person that I am today, sitting with you. Yeah. That's awesome. I know it kind of surprised you with that question, but I really appreciate yeah. that. I like you really are authentic. You just come out and say, this is how it is. And that's what we need. We need more people like you on there yeah. to come on and speak. Now, I mentioned your book earlier, but uh, how did you know that it was time for your book to come out? You know, I, I, I sit in with my clients every day. You know, I see the struggle. Um, I hear their pain and that, you know, I could identify with all that they were going through and are going through. And I remembered, I reflect a lot on myself. Um, So in that reflection, you know, I reflected back to when I picked up Chaz Bono's book and how he made such an impact on my life. Um, I thought, how how can I now pay it forward? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I, I need to do this. And one of my first thoughts was, ooh, I'm a therapist. Therapists don't share in-depth stuff with their clients. Um, 
my business is going to be out there for everyone. And, you know, that took some time to, to adjust to and, you know, talking to people and, and seeing how I would really feel about that. Um, Cause it's very personal. <laughs> and at the end yeah. of the day, I knew in my heart that I had to, to write the book because I wanted to make a difference in, in at least one person's life. And, you know, I will go a little bit further with this. I didn't realize how much of an impact it was going to have in a good way. Uh, <laughs> I have worked with some of my clients for a while and, you know, we talk about some deep stuff, but after my book came out and they read my book, our working relationship went so much deeper. You know, they knew like I was a confident man sitting in front of them, you know, they knew that I went through some stuff, but now they really saw and they were probably thinking, well, now I could dive deeper and they did. And some of the work that I've done with my clients since writing the book has been amazing. Um, it, it just, it makes me so happy to know that I've made a difference and, you know, I've met two new friends through um, writing the book. You know, they reached out to me and, and let me know how much the book helped them. And, you know, we've met on Zoom because we were in COVID and stuff. Um, yeah. So I'm, I've won. You know, I made two new friends. My work has been enriched uh, with my clients. And yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because in that in that profession there is a line you're not supposed to cross between personal and professional so it was a risk already in itself and just putting yourself out there being vulnerable but it does turn out to to work great because you're reaching out to so many people who don't have that voice and they can relate to you so that's wonderful yeah. uh, I, i'm human just sorry at the no, end of no, the day, no. i'm human just like they are you know um yeah. And that was more important to me than not, you know, we shouldn't share with our clients. And, you know, there are times in my work that if somebody is going through a hard time, I will say, hey, you know, I've been in a similar situation. This is what it was. And this is how I got through it. Um, so I do share a snippet. Um, when it's needed, um, when, when I know it, it could help somebody. Um, but yeah. That's wonderful. Now, I got to meet you. Uh, we've only met virtually, but at your book launch, actually. You, know, you were just yeah. starting. And I've seen you work through some of the conferences, and you talk, talk a lot about the importance of pronouns. And I thought that was also great because there's so many people out there that are still unsure how they feel about that. And there are a lot of people have a a lot of opinions, but I like the way that you explain it. And it's, it's just so simple. So um, can you can you explain to our audience why pronouns matter, why it's so important? Yes. Um, and I do talk about it a lot. And, you know, it's probably the highlight of a lot of my trainings. <laughs> but since, you know, we have limited time, I picked three things out of 
all that I normally talk about. And this is what I want to share on pronouns. It shows respect to the person. It shows that the person is seen and heard. And it makes more of an inclusive environment. And it's that simple. We don't have to look further than that. It's just so easy to just say, you know, what are your pronouns and just move on with it. So it's wonderful. And be kind, you know, uh, kindness matters. Yes. Uh, You know, it's show respect. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's just show respect. Yeah. It's very simple. So why make it complicated? It's just, just out of respect. Let's ask you know, and, and share our pronouns. So what would you say that uh, still needs to change on how people in general view the uh, transgender community? Yeah. The biggest change that I want to say needs to happen is transgender people are human. We just want to be seen as who we are. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the biggest thing that needs to change is we need to be seen as human. And, you know, just like my partner said way back, why do we have to worry about a label? It's what's inside the person uh, that matters. And one of the other things is just because someone's transgender, it, it, it doesn't give you the right to ask about what surgeries they've had or are going to have. Um, you know, transgender people don't go up to a cisgender person and, and ask them, hey, you know, um, how do you... Um, how do you have sex? Um, what's in your pants? Um, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's huge. I mean, it's happened to me. So I know firsthand and it happens more than anybody would think that it happens. Um, yeah. It, uh, it's a good point because it's not just because it's a gender topic that gives you the right to talk about the private stuff and it's just not appropriate in any situation to be asking personal questions like this so it doesn't change just because you're talking to a trans the transgender person so I'm glad you brought that up because those questions are inappropriate no matter who you are so uh, yeah we're human and that's all that matters so let's let's respect that and uh, I mean we believe the same right yeah, exactly. I'm glad you brought that up because it is important for people to realize that it doesn't give you the right to ask such invasive questions. For, for me, if anybody would come up to me and ask me what's going on under my clothes, I would be <laughs> put them in their place. So, you know, why should that be different for you, right? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's funny that you said, you know, I put them in their place. <laughs> I would want to as well. Mm-hmm. And I think... 
if a transgender person <laughs> was to put somebody in their place, I think that would give us, well, look at, see, transgender people act like that. You know, if, you know, you just, if you yourself just said, dude, it's none of your business, I, th- I think it would be taken differently from a yeah, sister, I would, right? I would be seen as sassy, you know, or yes, assertive. Yes. But for you, it would be completely different. You would just be rude, you know. Yeah, Forget the person that asked the question. You're the one that's being rude for and putting them in their place. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know how transgender people are, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is good. It's a very good point. You mentioned earlier, uh, you know, that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you because I work with children and I've seen actually some of the kids that I worked with when they were in kindergarten and throughout uh, elementary school. I could see you were saying you felt out of place. You didn't feel like you, you, you know, you belong anywhere. And I, I've seen some children that I worked with who later on transitioned and it just kind of gave me that moment where I was like oh you know there's so much more I could have done to help you know but what would you have needed you've mentioned it a little bit but what would you have needed um when you were younger or what did you wish your friends and family would have you know what would they what would you have needed to hear from them um when you were going through this you know, I, I think just my family being more accepting of me. Um, you know, like I said earlier, when I came out at 18 to my mom, I got kicked out of the house and and she didn't talk to me for a year um, because of that. Um, I think, you know, as a parent, as parents, or, you know, a teacher being in the education system, you know, just be aware of if somebody's acting different, or they're more isolated, you know, ask them, you know, are you okay? Um, What's going on? they might, you might be the first person that they tell what's going on and they will feel heard and they will be seen. Again, you know, it, it comes down to kindness. If you see somebody hurting, ask them if they're all right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so important, uh, especially for children, to be heard and be seen. We all need it uh, as human beings, but children especially. They don't have the words. They don't have the names. They don't know how to identify the, what they're feeling. So we need they need that extra support. And yeah. Some, you don't need to say anything sometimes just to hear them, uh, just to listen or just to leave that, you know, that quiet space, that safe space that makes a difference. Yeah, you know, you mentioned safe space. And, you know, as a a teacher, um, we'll just go with education and a teacher. Um, I And I know the education system could be, I mean, it's political, right? There's so many different hoops. Um, But if you could have in your classroom, even a little sticker on the board that says safe space, or I'm a safe person, oh. you know, that could make 
a difference in somebody's life. I mean, especially nowadays, because there's so much out there and, and kids know more than we know, knew when we were growing up in like, I don't know how mm-hmm. old, but in the seventies. Um, <laughs> so they, they're aware much earlier. So I believe that if they saw some sort of rainbow or I'm a safe person, they would know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's so simple just to say, and we should make buttons for everybody to wear. So I'm a safe person, you know, because <laughs> we need to hear that. Yeah. And not just for the transgender community, but for anybody in, in you know, we were talking about neurodiversity or anything in a school. Um, that would that would be a game changer for sure. And so simple. Again, everything that you give is nothing out, you know, outrageous. It's just so simple, just out of respect, out of kindness. Let's let's make this a safe space. Yes. I like that. Um, what words of wisdom would you like to to share with some for someone who's still struggling or afraid to become their true self? What would be your words of wisdom for that person? That's why you said to be their true selves, because one of the things that I thought about was, you know, being true to yourself. Just always be true to yourself. You know you better than anyone does. Don't give up. You know, I, I like to tell people, don't give up five minutes before the miracle. We don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen five minutes from now. You know, um, also, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, it's dark going through it, but I'm living proof that there's light on the other side. Um, and lastly, I mean, if there, if a person is old enough, I would say find a gender therapist and do your research make sure that that gender therapist knows knows about who what we go through um, you know there are therapists out there that say that they're affirming and stuff yeah. but i mean i've had clients come to me that they thought they were going to a gender therapist before and, and it did more harm than good and and it slowed down their transition by a year or two years and so just do your research and ask questions before you even go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have the right to ask questions, that's for sure, yeah. So those would be the biggest things that I would say. Those are great. And like you said, you see there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you'll, you will find your tribe once you're on the other, on the other side of that tunnel where yeah. you, you mentioned yourself, you found your soulmate and you just knew from the way you felt and the way that you were being heard, imagine having an entire you know, family of that. It's, it's, it's a game changer. So sure. yeah, don't give up. That's the important thing. Um, what are you working on right now? You know, I mean, you do have your practice and, and you, you know, still do some speaking uh, gigs here and there. What do, you, what do you got going on now? Yeah. So again, like you said, my business, um, I do trainings. I also 
uh, work with um, the Department of Corrections in Connecticut, um, teaching gender affirming care. And, you know, that's a population that really needs to be heard. And, you know, they need, they just need that person to hear them, you know. Um, so that's one of the big things that I'm working on. The other thing, um, I'm tossing around a second book idea. And this time, this book would be a collection of stories from other uh, LGBTQ plus individuals. You know, we come from all walks of life. Yes, we have this one thing in common, but everybody's journey is unique. And I think putting this type of book together could help so many people. Um, they might, somebody might not resonate with my story, but they might resonate with yours. Um, so that's the, what's going on in my mind. I'm starting to plan that and, you know, how I want that to exactly look. Um, and I want people to know that there's no right or wrong way to transition. And I, and I think that this book uh, that I'm going to do will show that. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Cause yeah, it's, it is a personal journey. So you, there's no cookie cutter or magic formula for how to transition. So hearing different stories is definitely helpful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it would be great if uh, there was a cookie cutter. Uh... Ta -da, you're good now. You know, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, that's good. I always ask this question. Uh, a long story with this little girl who interviewed me for a school project and she was asking all the adults just she interviewed I told her that I would ask everybody that I interview so my question to you is where do you want to be when you grow up <laughs> can I let you know when I get there <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely it keeps changing we know we, know, uh, we, we keep growing yeah <laughs> yeah and, and that's that's the beautiful thing yeah, you know, anything's possible now that I know who I am and I'm happy. So anything is possible. Yeah, you can be everything you want, anything and everything that you want, you can do. And that's why I love asking that question, because there is no straight answer. It's just whatever I want to be when I get there. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Like I today, like I could do anything that I put my mind to. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Excellent. Now, if anybody wants to reach out or follow what you're doing, uh, how can we reach you? And I'll add those to the comments when we uh, when we put this uh, this podcast live. Uh, if you could just share your sure your information. Um, my website is www.twinpeakscounseling.com, or I could be reached at um, via email twinpeakscounseling2018 at gmail.com. Um, my book could be uh, purchased on Amazon and it's on Audible as well. Oh, yes, and it is a great book. So I encourage anybody. Uh, I lent my copy to a friend of mine who is really interested. Do you have it? Oh, good. You do have it. So it's uh, she, 
he, me, I love this book. It's a great, great book to share. And, um, and I keep following Dane as well. Like I said, there's so many things that he's doing right now to help the community to, you know, to, to do his part, um, to have people heard and give them a voice. So I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. There's more, you know, your message needs to be out there and uh, we need to help out as many as possible. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And for everybody watching, stay safe, stay awesome. And we will see you soon.